0: Hallelujah.
1: For the Lord
0: got a mighty race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's the speaker on this thing? I don't know if there is one. Hallelujah. For the Lord got a mighty race.
2: So, today we start our final summer <laughs> soapbox. I'm sorry. So, what is heaven like? And we see that heaven's going to be cozy and relaxing. Mm. And there's going to be the angelic or just people flapping their wings because they have fun.
0: <laughs>
2: and there's going to be a lot of Christian karaoke,
0: also known as worship.
2: Like. So, um. <laughs> So this is just a little skit Krista yeah. put together um, right before service, <laughs> just norm. to give. A <laughs> yeah, this was John's idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm normally like this. And <laughs> what I decided is um, John was pretty funny last week, right? Oh, geez. And what I decided is, I like boy, him. you will not interrupt me. <laughs> you did. You interrupted Ron twice last week. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so um, this is our last. Um, summer soap box. Are you guys, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yes? Okay, are you happy it's over? No, yes. <laughs> Differing opinions. Mixed emotions. That That's well, all mixed, right. Mixed emotions here. Mixed emotions. That's all right. Well, I'm excited. Next week, we're going to start a series in Exodus. And I'm just really excited about some of the uh, stories and life that can come from that. So if you want to... Exodus 1 and Exodus 2, you can read this week and get into the Word and study it and see what God wants to reveal to you, and we will be prepped from there. Amen? Amen. Exodus 1 and 2. It's actually kind of short, so um, you can get it done. It's not even a... Well, if you have an evangelistic Bible, it might be a page, like right there, 1, 2. So... That's right. <laughs> 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 so, um, Yeah. Okay. Let's pray, and then we're going to get started. God, we thank you for this opportunity. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that just want to melt before you, God, feet that are willing to run with obedience. Ask that you would just bring transformation today, that is, as, as we present your word, that it's, it's not us and our opinions, but it's your word that brings life to us ask that you would just do something, um, not about schemes of man or fluent speaking, but you would truly do something within our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, first question we have is, when you think of heaven, what do you look forward to the most? And um, I don't want to be interrupted, so I'll start here first.
1: I didn't interrupt you, him. You were a fan favorite last time. He, like, he paused and I had to say something. It, it's awkward, yeah. right? <laughs> um, What was the question?
2: <laughs> what do you look forward to the most about heaven? Oh, here it is.
1: All right. Um, Robert, I am looking forward to the friendship of the Heavenly Father and his unspeakable peace. This is really loud. Is it normally that loud? Uh, seeing families and seeing family and friends would be a great blessing it's been an eternity with my beautiful wife is going to be a priceless gift um i asked i asked uh, my wife i can't say her name because she wanted to stay anonymous <laughs> what a what a her <laughs> she's not in here I'm okay I, uh, I asked i asked her what she thought of heaven and she's like dancing smiling laughing um jumping around all the time. And I was like, well, she's, she's living in heaven now. So this is all she does. <laughs> uh, so I also looked up a, a scripture about like, um, cause some people ask me like, well, how do you know you'll see like a uh, family and, and things like that? So I found this really cool scripture. It's uh second Samuel 12. It's talking about when David's uh, child died, his infant child. And he said, uh, David confidently said, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. David eventually expected to see his child his child again. His child again. Not just a nameless, faceless soul without an identity, but that very child. So just that kind of scripture gives you a glimpse that he's going to see his, his child again. you know. And I kind of cleave with that because um, losing my mom, losing family that is close to me, losing friends. Um, you know, uh, one thing you do look forward to being in heaven is to see your children again, to see your, see your parents again. Um, and I just think uh, it's going to be a really peaceful place. And I just, I just think of heaven as, as that um, uh, just a beautiful place yeah, a beautiful place of peace
3: yeah when I think of heaven uh, I tried to come up with a longer answer than this but pretty much I can sum it up and to be with him I think that's that's the main thing I'm looking forward to is just uh uninterrupted undistracted fellowship with God for all eternity I mm-hmm. think is something that's really beautiful so no.
0: well Because I get asked a lot of questions in my daily life about what is heaven like. Um, The first thing that came to my mind was maybe there will be a sea that the crystal sea means it's as clear as glass and you can look down in it from a big bridge and see like huge underwater sea creatures that we don't even know exist right now and we can pick one and as it's swimming by we jump off the bridge and land on it like like a awesome horse or something and just ride it and we can breathe under the water and mm. so I just look forward to like experiencing new adventures. I think that it's going to be way more fun and fulfilling and exciting than um, what we picture when we picture how we do. I mean, to me, Sunday morning worship is one of the most exciting things in in my week to come and to feel like, okay, this is a time set apart to be in the presence of the Lord and to know that I'm going to get that all day, every day is really cool. But I think that the way we do worship here is... It's so lackluster in comparison with the way worship is going to happen in heaven. And um, so I, I, I think of the, the worship and the being with him and the seeing um, people who have gone before. Um, but the, the thing I look forward to is just the fun. I think it's going to be way, way more adventurous and fulfilling than I can, I can even imagine. As so that's big, like, of course, yeah you know you guys are right and spiritual but i look forward to straddling a big whale and riding it you know to another part of the <laughs> of the, the universe or something wow good, <laughs> <don't> answer. <laughs> good, answer. good answer it's like fantasia
2: so when when we um go to heaven then and we get our new bodies then where do you get um where where do your gills go
0: Where do you envision
2: them? You don't have to breathe in heaven. I I, I think there will
0: be, uh, like, closable slats in between all of our ribs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I remember um, growing up, and I um, had conversations with adults, and they would share about heaven, kind of similar to that story, um, in the sense of, like, I would ask the question, what's heaven going to be like? And it was almost as if, like, all the treasures you want. And I remember specifically saying, So then when I get to heaven, is God going to give me a PlayStation? Hmm. And it was like this idea of my idea of heaven was limited to the things that I loved. And what I loved was a PlayStation. I hope that when I get to heaven that I'm not playing PlayStation. And what I truly believe is that when I get to heaven, I'm going to be so awestruck by God and uh, caught up in him that um, I'm probably not going to worry about too much. I often think about Scripture says that right now Jesus is interceding for us and preparing a place for us. So I wonder in this big, big house, right, what my um, specific room or building or city or section is going to look like that that Jesus is creating for me right now. And um, I'm sure there's going to be things there that um, I never even knew. he would think of it's like there's things that macy knows about me that it's like oh yeah when she brings that up it like warms my heart how many of those things that jesus is preparing for us that are going to warm our heart where it's like that was unnoticed no one even knew that i did that but you have made this hall of fame in this place that you're preparing for me and uh, i think of like a couple couple weeks ago i was driving and i was thinking so we have the color scale And there's all these colors but then it just blew my mind to think there's probably going to be colors in heaven Hmm. that we've never even seen before and we can't even create like even as a kindergartner when you mash all the colors together and you just get this dark looking sludge (laughs) brown brown Brown. (laughs) when you get that there's going i'm I'm sure there's going to be colors in heaven that we've never seen there's going to be um things that we've never imagined so for me go ahead ahead. no go ahead
0: Well, just what you were saying, um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 is um, what uh, we will have, what no eye has seen, Mm -hmm. what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived um, in the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that that place that he's preparing for you is, we can't, I mean, in our mind, like, I think it's okay to just imagine, Mm -hmm. like, uh, unbelievable things.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's awesome. So for me... I guess what I look forward to the most is um, I've seen glimpses here on this side. And those glimpses, those experiences with God, um, I can't imagine being in that 100% all the time. It's like these glimpses at the altar, these glimpses of peace, these glimpses of um, hope, these glimpses of freedom, um, these glimpses of, worshiping and God speaking. Like, there's nothing other than, like, not much better than God speaking to you. And it's like, we're gonna be full time in his presence. So for me, I really look forward to this idea of growing intimate with God for the rest of eternity. And uh, whatever, I'm convinced of this, whatever it is, I'm gonna love it. That's what heaven's gonna be like. Whatever it looks like, it's far past my pay grade. Don't understand it. (laughs) but I do know that I'm going to love it. So um, I really look forward to loving that. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you believe heaven is going to uh, look like? I mean, we somewhat already discussed that, but um, what do you think it's going to look like? We talked about kind of what we look forward to the most. What, what else in that same conversation do you think it might look like?
1: Are you looking at me and talking? <laughs> looking at him. Right here. Oh, me. <laughs> I thought you were going to skip me. All right. Uh, what do you believe heaven's going to look like? Well, I just looked up in Revelations. It talks about it. John just says, basically says what the heaven's going to look like. Um, I can speculate. I never would have thought riding on a well. That's a new one. That's pretty good. Uh, Revelations 22, 1 and 5. This is from the King James Version, the only holy version there is. So, amen. See where? There we go. Uh, actually, I have a couple of NIVs in there. Uh, then the angel showed me a river of water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, down in the middle of the great street of the city on each side of the river stood a tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit, yelling its fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees are the healings for the healings of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb of, and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him, and they will see his face. And his name will be in their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They will, need, they will not need a lamp, a light of a lamp, or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will, be, will give them light. And they will reign there forever and ever. Uh, city of gold, rainbow. Oh, this is... I have to, she has, She wanted to stay anonymous, but I asked her. She said, city of, city of gold, rainbow, of beautiful colors, and clear glass, like you were saying. Um, I mean, you read the revelations that it just gives you uh, the synopsis of how heaven's going to look like. And I mean, I mean, just beautiful, just like you're saying, beautiful colors and, and crystal clear streams and, and fruit. Um, so it kind of, to me, it seems like we're going to be living life in heaven with God as being our light. Um, now you can... Uh, think of how heaven may be, but I mean, it's going to probably be more than what we can imagine. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful beautiful place of peace of being with our Father. Um, kind of like Fantasia. Kind of like that.
3: Yeah. That's my answer. Huh? Yeah, when I think of heaven, uh, the, the thing that kind of came up to me during this time of like looking into it was the word paradise. And the word paradise it's used three times. One time when Jesus is hanging on the cross and there's a robber on each side. One's reviling him, the other's correcting the one reviling him. And to the one that he corrects, he says, Lord, remember me. And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. The second time is in Second Corinthians. Paul says, caught up to heaven, saw things inexpressible. Third time is in Revelation. Jesus says, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life in the paradise of God. So one of the, I found interesting, one of the definitions of paradise is actually Eden. So like in the beginning, the garden. So that's what I picture is... Uh, is Peace, I guess. Um, the, uh, the upper regions of the heavens, according to the early church fathers, the paradise in which our first parents, Adam and Eve, dwelt, before the fall still exists, neither on heaven or in the heavens, but above and beyond the world. So I, I just picture that. I'm not sure physically what it's going to look like. I think, like we're saying, it's going to be crazy stuff that probably we've never thought of. But I just picture uh, perfect unity, walking in the light, seizing the light, fellowship with one another, And uh, Romans says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the government of God in heaven, that righteousness, peace, and joy is what I picture. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, I went to Revelation as well. And um, I think that um, that gives us a little bit of a picture. Some of the things that stood, not a little bit. I mean, I understand it was John using human words to explain this amazing thing that he saw. So he put it in terms that we can associate with heaven a little bit, but I think that he probably didn't have words to say how amazing like this, this thing was in uh, revelation 21. It also says I did not see a temple in this city because the Lord God almighty and the lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought to it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then it goes into um, the river and one of the things that i picture like right in the center it says there's this river flowing down from the throne of god um, in revelation 22 and it describes a tree it says the tree um, grows on either side of the river so it's like the 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 tree creates this arc over the river the way i'm, I'm picturing it because the tree is on either side of the river and there's one river and one tree so its roots must go wide. And then through that um, flows this river which represents the, the sea of, uh, of the Holy Spirit and the, the life source. And so um, then the, the leaves of the tree that are being nourished by this, this river of life um, are for the healing of the nations. So I imagine like in paradise where Adam and Eve had everything that they needed is probably as close to perfection as possible. And a tree similar to that mm-hmm. um, was was there and um they and this this the the leaves of the trees were for the the healing of the nation so um just constantly feasting off the fruit and and just uh, being refreshed and and uh, restored and i don't know if if our human if our new renewed bodies will Um, what refreshment will look like for that because it says we'll never grow weary we'll never be sad but um the the healing of the nations um, that maybe for the first little while in heaven in the new heaven and the new earth when we get there and we see somebody that um maybe we had enmity with on earth maybe jesus will invite us in that those initial days to just come and feast together from the from the tree that that heals the nations and um in first um, corinthians thirteen twelve, it says um, we see now as in a dim glass or a, a mirror um, but then we will know fully even as we are fully known and we'll see the heart of the people um, that we meet and and we'll know that god's will for us is perfect and good whether we um believed it fully here or not we will know his heart we won't have any reason to question Um, it'll look i think a lot like eden like he said because um, when god created a good thing when we hear about the standard of good um, the first time god said it is good was with creation and there was nothing to compare it to it wasn't he wasn't saying and i think i mentioned this before that this impacted me good was perfection with the way he used it there was nothing to compare it with, so there wasn't a better or a best above it. When God said, that is good, he's like, that's perfect. That's the way I want it to be. So I think um, the, way our, the world has deteriorated because of the fall of sin so much to the point that this is what we see. This is um, what we compare it with right now, but I don't think we can even imagine how amazing um, like the Garden of Eden was and that, that God liked what he created there. So when he says a new heavens and a new earth, I think that um, it'll, they'll, they'll reflect each other in kind of a beautiful mirror sort of a way. And we'll know what um, we're supposed to know about um, the, the creation and, and uh, the creator and the people that are here to rule with us on this earth. So I think it'll also be like a kingdom. Um, I think it'll look like a structured place where there is a throne and where there are cities and where there are nations and where um, everybody is is healing and living in peace where everybody has meaningful employment it'll look like um, a productive society um, where our focus is all to magnify and glorify the god in the center of it It's
2: good
1: i just hope that we can fly i do too So where are your wings going to be? You got gills here. I don't
2: want gills. (laughs) Jetpack. Yeah. (laughs) Off the, um, this wasn't proposed to you guys, but is, do we need to help train up a generation to have a right perspective of heaven? Because sometimes when I talk to people, and this is to you guys now, is sometimes when I, when I talk to people, they limit heaven to the fact of, um seeing their family again it seems like heaven is limited to just being with family again mm. so how do we train up a generation to or is there an appropriate way to think about
1: heaven that we should um, encourage people to pursue i believe heaven's not preached about enough because we don't want to preach about hell you know we have, i mean how often do we preach about hell anymore mm-hmm. i mean i grew up like in a southern pentecostal church mm-hmm. that I mean, you were scared if you didn't repent before you, you left. Are you saved, brother? Uh, oh, right yeah. Right now, are you yes, saved? I am. See, see the, <laughs> Repent. Grew, repent. This doesn't bother me because I grew up like that. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, you were afraid mm-hmm. to walk out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think maybe we should just increase teaching of, of, uh, of heaven and hell. Um, I think they're going to go together. I mean, the teachings do. Mm-hmm. Um, Any other thoughts? What about... If. Just how
2: do we train up a generation to have a correct perspective? I
3: think rewards is really, mm-hmm. you know, to, to know that there's going to be rewards for what we've done. I think that's so important because that gives you, I think it without, without purpose, you don't know, I guess, what you're going after. So um, to know that what we do here is so important to how we're going to live for all eternity. Uh, I think I heard a story of a, of a group, there's like revival in Brazil and they're asking these leaders how, do they, how, how are you doing this how are all these people on fire and he says we teach the people about eternal rewards and so I think that's really important to, uh, to, and to uh, mm-hmm. teach about heaven mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you
0: say such as what? Yep. such as what rewards?
3: it's a good question <laughs> I don't know
0: well, um, the Bible does say um, in Revelation 14:13, a little earlier it said, um, it says that in that time they will rest from their labor and their deeds will follow them. And then there are other scriptures through Matthew and things that, um, and each one will be rewarded according to what he has done in the body, uh, whether good or bad. And then there's other scriptures that the, bat, that the stuff that doesn't matter in heaven for heavenly reward will be burned away like chaff and then the other things will remain and so there are scriptures that definitely indicate we will be um rewarded and i i feel like um you know it's it's a lot of conjecture what those rewards look like um but you preached a a sermon a couple months ago Mm -hmm. about um do we want to just get into heaven be like oh i just want to get to heaven or do we want to like set ourselves on it really experiencing heaven and really getting um, getting the most out of heaven, and somehow Scripture seems to indicate that it is connected to how we serve God and others while here on earth. So, whatever the reward looks like, I think it will be um, the desire catered to the desire of our true self. Um, that Jesus says that. Um, we will we will know him going back to as even as we are fully known and he knows for us i don't think we're all going to be like cookie cutter people up there i think well because even in the description of the angels there they have different roles now and it says that we'll be like the angels in some in in the way that we can come in and out of his presence so freely and so i think that each of us will have our own individual desires um he knows who he created the the real spirit the soul of us to be and we see a little bit of that coming out in how um how we operate in our spiritual gifts now but i think that he'll just just magnify that or cater that and give us i don't think it in our in our mind on earth we're like oh we'll might maybe have a bigger house if we get rewarded for our good work here and get more money for it we'll get a bigger house and i don't know that it will take the form of like a bigger house but i think the reward of just be it being um, recognized by him in a way that's personal and intimate to us um will be a, a really interesting mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm.
2: So our perspective of heaven should change the way that we live today. And if we're never thinking about what heaven's going to be like, then maybe we don't have enough fuel in our life today to do the right thing. Because a lot of times what ends up happening is we're just trying to get through the day. Mm -hmm. And then if we're just not trying to get through the day, we're just trying to get through the week. And our perspective and the, the peak of what we're trying to accomplish is get through the week. Like that's our goal, get through the week, or I just need to get through the day. But if our perspective of heaven, if, if, if what drives us is that there's something in heaven greater for us, and then that, that's the thing that propels us, then I think what ends up happening is then getting through the day becomes so small mm. in comparison to the, uh, the riches and the glory and the peace that is to come. So how do we have a perspective of heaven that says, I'm going to do what's right today because one day it'll pay off? make sense? Mm-hmm. Instead of just getting through the day.
0: I, I heard a, a, a joke. Um, this, this man, um, knew his time was coming and he had a really intimate relationship with God. And he said, God, I know that I'm going to get rewarded in heaven, but, um, I really like some of the things that you've provided me with here on earth. Can I just bring a few of those things with me to heaven? And God said, Well, sure. Um, just, you know, but not a lot. I've got plenty for you. Um, so just bring one, pack a bag, you know, just one, one small suitcase. And so the man passes and goes up to heaven and uh, Peter's there to greet him at the pearly gates. Um, by the way, I read a description in, I think it's Ezekiel or one of the prophets, that each gate is made of one pearl. So imagine the size of those pearls—a heavenly gate. Anyway, so Peter's up there, and it has to be able to fit a whale through it. It has to (laughs) absolutely—a flying whale. Um, So he um, he says, "I see you got something there." And the guy says, "Yeah, um, I have permission to bring this in. Check with Jesus. He he okayed it." And Peter's like, "Okay, what you got there?" uh, and he's like, well, just some special things. me." Oh, cool. Can I see what the things of earth? And so the guy opens up and there's like a whole bunch of gold and, and um, just of different, different shapes, like jewelry and bricks and whatever. And Peter's like, of all the things you could bring, you brought pavement? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, and I think that, that that speaks to what we're talking about, that we just can't even conceive. But I think that to train up the youth to dream... And that's why when I talk to my kids about heaven, I I say, well, think of something really fun that happened today. And then we just dream, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a horse so big in heaven that you can um, stand on its back and you can see all the cheetahs all around you because, you know, cheetahs and horses are awesome and so um to to dream to let them it doesn't hurt us to dream about good things and about beauty and we're not locking it in to just say all of those things that are so exciting and that you're imagining God says he's got even better for you even better and to really uh, get them excited because the skit came out of a conversation I had with some adults Mm -hmm. where I was like okay asking different people we're having this conversation about heaven what do you think heaven's? Gonna, well I don't know it says that uh, we're going to rest from all of our labor so I guess we're just going to be hanging around like resting no, no, no real responsibilities just nothing to do I'm going to sleep okay. and I'm like how for a I'm motivated okay. individual how really is that going to be heaven I'm okay with to- that
1: <laughs> Where you you just sit there, (laughs) even you would not be okay with that for
0: eternity, Mm. just sitting there. Mm. My wife would
1: disagree with you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who was your wife?
0: (laughs) And then other people are like, why? How would I get? uh, I mean, how exciting to sing? I like to sing, you know. But even the the most skilled musician. needs needs a minute but if we're singing non-stop for eternity how is that so there's there's more the the way we picture it is you know and we're not just going to be um i think it was huckleberry finn that first described heaven as a place where you're just sitting there on a cloud strumming a harp and it's boring if that's all you're going to get to do but um there's he's going to have meaningful activity for us just like the first man and woman instantly he gave them responsibility and um, employment Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. rule over the world name the creatures and take care of things and
2: and what i really love about the idea of rewards and responsibility it also means that i have purpose now so we're still sent beings we're called beings Mm -hmm. we're supposed to partner with god so the idea of rewards in heaven it means I have to do something, which means that God has commissioned me, commissioned us as a church, commissioned us, to, uh, us as families and people to do something. So I get excited that God calls little Joey from Ohio and little insert your name from Ohio or from wherever you originally grew up to partner with him to change the way all of eternity looks. So, um, so we're going to get turned up in heaven, right? <laughs> For you uh, under 30, turned up. So, um, so we understand a little bit in peace what heaven's going to look like. But one of the questions I hear a lot is, "Are we going to have free will in heaven?" Because if I have free will in heaven, that might mean I might want to punch John in the face. It could. It doesn't mean There's I want a lot of animosity up here today. <laughs> I mean, do you see this? <laughs> Is wow. there going to be free will in heaven?
1: Well, I hope not now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jeez. I'm pretty sure he would take you anyway. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might be true. Especially
2: with uh
0: Mark, with could hammy. you yeah. trade seats yeah. with John? All all right. there. What's
2: that? <laughs> free will in heaven. What are, what are some thoughts? Anyone? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, I always right. have thoughts, but you guys need to talk.
1: All right. Well, we have free will in heaven. This is what I wrote. Well, I went off of uh, 8 Roman, uh, Romans 8.21 that says that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Uh, when we are saved, we're liberated from the natural bondage of sin. The Holy Spirit regenerates us and gives us the ability to want the holy things of God like forgiveness, salvation, and the lordship of our Christ. Uh, when we trust in Jesus for salvation, we begin the journey toward holiness and put to death daily sins that man resides within us and gives us the strength to to strive toward godliness. In heaven, we are completely devoid of sin, and their only desires will be the things of God, uh, things that bless him and fulfill us and give us life. Um, I, think, I think in heaven, obviously, we're going to want what God wants. We're going to want um, the holy things of God. So I'm sure we'll have free will, but it's... It's different than the free will I think we think of now. Because our free will is sinful. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, if you think about you punching me in the face, that's kind of a sinful pastor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, in front of all these people. Um, But in heaven, you don't want to punch me in the face. You don't want to hug me or something. It's not too long. Uh, That's what I think of. I think of in heaven we'll have uh, free will... Liberty, but it'll be uh, godly. It'll be, yeah, That's what I think.
3: Yeah, I think we have free will too. I, like what John was saying, I think bef- you know, before salvation, our free will is limited by our inability to do what is right. And then after we're saved, we can choose between right or wrong, but if we choose wrong, it goes against our nature as sons of God. Uh, Paul says in Romans, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? But then in heaven, I think our, our free will is going to be limited by our inado- inability to do what is wrong so maybe i said that wrong for salvation inability to do what is right yeah uh first john three two beloved now we are god's children and what we uh and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him because we shall see him as it is. so i don't think anyone's in heaven like tapping their foot like don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. you know i don't think mm. there's awareness of it i don't think you know the presence of god is so real so, i don't think anyone remembers it there's no stain there's no remembrance of it so uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Matthew thirteen forty one says the Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And I mentioned that before. And I think that um, his kingdom will be a, pla- a a perfect place. Second Peter three thirteen says. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a heaven and uh, to a new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells. And um, our citizenship is in heaven, and then um, back to creation. When he um, when he created mankind, um, he said that we're in our image, and then Mark just read the thing that we will be like him. So I think that God has a will, and um, he desired to put that will in mankind, and that uh, mankind remember was good at the beginning. Um, and that included the free will that he had put in us and then um, satan came and 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 enticed us to sin but um, the angels will have already moved all those enticements and all of those possibilities from us so i think that free will will exist it'll take a different form Uh, right now we're using we our big battle is do i use my free will to go towards god or against god but i think that in heaven because uh, we'll all have meaningful employment we can we can choose probably, you know, um, with, within the context, with our, the boundaries that God sets for us of what his will is, we'll still be able to um, organize our daily schedule to choose what, um, I don't know, to, to choose what thing to do first. We'll be using our, our will for, for different things that will all glorify God. Do I serve this person first or that person's first? Knowing that the desire of our heart is always... To serve with a compassionate heart, because that's the kind of heart that it, it represents the likeness of Jesus. So um, I think we'll we'll still be doing life um, eternally. <laughs> we just will have a different end goal.
2: So, so what we do know is that um, for those Ohio State fans, the rivalry stops on this side, <laughs> because we know that Michigan won't be in heaven. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm just playing. I love you, Michigan. Um, so Satan was created, an angel, awesome. He desired power and pride and position. He was kicked out. How do we know that when we get to heaven that we won't be kicked out? We, we talked a little bit about it, but um, how do we know that we're human. Satan wasn't. How do we know that we won't make those same decisions? Um, anyone can start there.
1: Yeah, I, uh, there's a little uh, this one was e- easier for me than the next one. Uh, I thought, I found a scripture uh, 1 John 3 and 2 It says, Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and we will be not, what can't read, excuse me, and we will not, we will, (laughs) I think somebody did this on purpose, and we will be not yet seen, made known. Uh, it's, it's the holy version of the yeah. Bible. <laughs> yeah. The only holy version. <laughs> yeah. I should have used the NIV on this one. Uh, but we know that Christ appears, when we, shall li- we, we shall be like him, uh, and we shall see him as he is. So if Christ is perfect, and we go to heaven, and we're like Christ, we're going to be perfect. Um, so we're not going to sin. I mean, it would be impossible to sin in heaven. So I don't believe that we're going to get in heaven, and we're going to sin and get kicked out of heaven. I think that's counterindicative to uh, the Lord interceding for us, forgive us of our sins. We're righteous. We enter into the gates of heaven. I don't believe that Jesus or the Lord is going to position themselves in another position, so he has to forgive us of our sins once we're there. He died once. We chose to give our life to God and and believe in him We went to heaven. I don't believe that he's going to do it over again. You know, I just... um, it just doesn't seem right. It's not biblical either. So, uh, that was my thoughts on it. Um, so you're not going to be able to punch me in heaven. <laughs> right. So, get kicked out. Yeah. yeah. If you punch me now, we're both gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that
3: was my thoughts. Um, Romans five twelve says that where there's sin, there's death. And so, if there's no death in heaven, there can't be any sin. Right. Um, Revelation twenty one. He'll wipe away every tear from our eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, which are all results of sin, for the old order of things has passed away. And again, later in that chapter, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, talking about heaven, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So it's just being uh, united with Christ and, and knowing that our sins are forgiven, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that worrying is something that we do on this side i think that we will be so engrossed in um, in the presence of the lord that it it won't um i mean it it won't cross our minds to worry (laughs) in heaven i mean that's that we have to just stand on the promises of the bible now and not worry that if we get to heaven maybe we'll mess up there maybe i made it through maybe i made the right decision follow jesus here on this side but what if i get to heaven and then i blow it i think that that's a this side of heaven mentality so mm-hmm. i mean the que- the question's important and it's real but um i feel like it's rooted in our sin nature where we are just afraid that we're going to fail we're afraid that we're not good enough we're afraid we're worried borrowing worry all the time
2: and I almost feel like the Bible would explicitly tell us, hey, look, do well in this life, and then I'll give you another life. And then if you do well at that life, then you can stay there. You know, but I, I don't see that throughout the whole Bible. I think God's very explicit about heaven being the next, heaven or hell, that's, that's your next stop. So for all of us and all of our family and all of our friends, everyone on Facebook, there's, there's two options right now. You're either with God or you're not with God. That, that's the next desi- destination for eternity. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think he's pretty explicit. So in the Lord's Prayer, um, it references your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we bring um, heaven to earth? You know, you hear a lot today about, well, this is hell, like earth is hell, and then you hear like, well, actually right now we're experiencing heaven on earth, what's, what's Jesus really saying? What is bringing heaven to earth? How do we do that? Um, do you believe in it?
1: Go ahead, John. You're looking at me. <laughs> um, well, there are so many different teachings about this, and I'm just going to say what I believe. Alright, um, I believe surrendering to the will of God and fellowship with Him and the Holy Spirit is about as close to getting heaven in this life as we can get. Um, I don't believe that there's anything that we can summons heaven to earth. I believe the fellowship with Christ and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit is as close to heaven as we're going to get until we die and or we're called away to, to, to see the Lord. Um, if you love me, you will obey what I have commanded. If I ask the Father, he will give you a counselor to be with you forever, which is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because neither it sees him nor it knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you. Uh, that is the Holy Spirit. I believe that, uh, I mean, I already said it. That's, I don't really believe that you can summon heaven to earth. I believe that your fellowship with, with Christ and, and the Holy Spirit is, is our, our taste of heaven that the Lord has given us. So that's what I think.
3: So um, in that prayer when Jesus is saying that, so that kind of, that reveals that I believe that heaven is our model. And so uh, there's no hatred in heaven, so there can't be any hatred here. There's no fear, there can't be any fear here, things like that. So Adam, when Adam and Eve fell, they, they, they brought sickness, disease, uh, sin into the world, bringing death. And then the second Adam, Jesus came saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then you know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. Uh, First Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So this explains in, in Matthew 10, when Jesus is commissioning his disciples, he says, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when it says at hand, it means like within reach. And he says, heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. First John, the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the evil one. So in John 20, after Jesus is resurrected, appears to his disciples and says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, so I think it's real interesting how Jesus breathed on them. He could have laid his hands on them. He could have done anything. But I think he's trying to show us something, that he's taking us back to the beginning when God breathed into man the breath of life. And then, you know, first, uh, 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation, a new being. Breathe it back into him the breath of life, the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28. Jesus recommissions man to, to fulfill what Adam and Eve failed to do. And he says, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always at the very end of the age. So, um, in the beginning, when God commissioned Adam and Eve, He gave them pretty much two basic things. We reproduce and have dominion or subdue. And so you can kind of see that. Jesus says, make disciples or reproduce. And, um... And since he has all authority, he tells us to go and, and proclaim the kingdom of the heaven is at hand and destroy the works of the evil one. Uh, we know that the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, don't look to the left or the right, for the kingdom of heaven is within you. Right? So that the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. And out of our being will flow rivers of living water. So the, the healing, the, the power... So the kingdom of God dwells in power. Yeah.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> Make it plain.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you used a lot of the scripture. I would have used both of you. And I. the only thing that um, I would add to that is that when I read that your kingdom come in the Lord's prayer, um, I, if you're not breaking it up into phrases like your kingdom come is separate from your will being done, it's just separate from, you know, it says your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you read that as a thought, a complete thought, whether that you know, kingdom comes and then separately is your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. I think that the the heart of that prayer can can change a little to mean, um, God, I want to do everything you want me to do on earth, mm-hmm. even as I will do it in heaven. Mm-hmm. In, in heaven, there's no no question who's king, and so if He is in charge and the master of the universe the, and the kingdom of heaven, then um, my heart, when I when I say Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven then i'm bringing his kingdom down every time i step out in obedience Mm -hmm. and do exactly what my master leads me to do
2: Mm -hmm. it's kind of a petty statement that we make as christians um yes and no but one of the things we say is i don't know how i'm going to be in heaven with that person And then I say, yeah, I don't know how you're going to be in heaven either because there's a lot of unforgiveness in your heart. (laughs) Repent. Repent, sinner. Fire and flames. You're burning, brother.
1: (laughs) Not good. (laughs) That's clear. You need sweat, though. Yeah. Where's my rag? (laughs) Yeah. But but my concern is like,
2: I believe when uh, in peace, when we bring heaven to earth, it's like, we're seated in heavenly places right now. So when Christ sees us, we, he, he seated us in heavenly places. So somehow, those who are born again, we're here on earth, but we're also in heavenly places. He sees us there. So how do we bring that to here? Well, in heaven, I'm not going to be punching John in the face. Or here. Or here. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so... Not, now I really want to try. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I just wonder if I can get one in real quick. Um, Me too. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so the point being is, like, we, if, if I'm going to be in heaven, how can I bring it down? Like, I'm not going to need to forgive people in heaven. So I can bring heaven to earth as I forgive people now as I uh, walk in fellowship right now. I can bring heaven to earth as I begin to love people now, to get rid, uh, to, to purify myself. So bringing heaven to earth can look like me walking in reconciliation today rather than waiting to that side. And it's like, imagine, imagine what a church would look like if we all walked in reconciliation with one another. It would be like heaven in here, wouldn't it? Hmm. Or forgiveness, or what if we decided as a church to fully repent? Because in heaven, we're not going to need to, but if we brought repentance to earth right now, if we brought repentance, uh, pure minds, pure hearts, purity to our lives right now, what would this church look like? So bringing heaven to earth, I believe, means actually living into many of the foundational teachings. And look, healing will take place Restoration will take place. Miracles will happen. But it, I don't think it's as mystical as we make it. Like, sometimes people can make it this huge vocabulary can scare people. Like, what do you mean God healed someone? Well, what do you pray for? Like, why do you pray and then a leg grows and then you're freaked out? Well, that wasn't God. That was, that was, that was the devil. Why do you pray? Like, why can God heal cancer And then you say it was something else. Like we pray because we believe it's going to happen or we believe that God can do it. Mm -hmm. So a piece of those things can happen here. Just don't be freaked out by it. Start living into biblical principles and then watch how the atmosphere changes. And the simple thing of forgiveness within this church, if we forgave one another and didn't have all these, um, there's not a problem of forgiveness here, but I'm saying there could be greater forgiveness. Um, there could be greater peace. If we walked in that greater, I truly think revival would take place here. So I believe that's the bringing heaven to earth and we don't need to overdo it. Um, how can we be sure that we're going to
1: heaven? John. You're looking at him and you're pointing at me. John. <laughs> right now. Meow. <laughs> meow. Some of them got that. (laughs) Uh, How can I be sure that that heaven is where I am going? Um, Well, basically, our hope and our faith has to be in the living word of God. Uh, 1 John 5 and 3, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and that uh, this life in his son. Truly, truly, I say to you, who hears my words and believes in me, who has sent me as eternal life, does not come into judgment and passes away out of death into life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And it just goes on and on and on. There's scriptures all through the Bible explaining that if you have a relationship with the Lord, you ask for forgiveness and you try to walk in His will, that He's forgiven your sins and that you're going to heaven. You have to believe in the Word of God. Um, you know, I've, I've been around people that... Um, They believe in the Word, they believe in God, and they sin, and they automatically think they're going to hell. They're just like, oh, that sin's unforgivable, you know? Um, You know, the devil likes to beat you down, and the devil likes to trick you, and the devil, he's the deceiver. He wants, you know, he wants to deceive you into thinking that you're going to hell. Um, You have to have faith, and you have to be secure in the Word of God. If nothing else, the Word of God. Um, The Word is living, and it's, it's the Word of the Lord, so um, if, you, if you want to be sure that you're going to heaven, then just read his word. Mm-hmm. Give your life to Christ. Um, and you're sure that you're going to go to heaven. I mean, it's not some trick. You're not going to get over there and be like, ha tricked you. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, you like that, don't you? Um, I, I believe it's just as straightforward as that. Um, now, I believe that if you're acting saved... And you're and you're and you're doing something malicious. You, you really need to search your heart about that. But if you truly love the Lord, just believe His word, and have confidence in the Word of God. Um, I have a ton of scripture written down, but I mean, there's, it just goes on and on throughout the Bible. Uh, there's there's tons of them. That was my thoughts.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like John was saying, I think it just comes down to believing. Uh, I think. Romans 10.9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. So that's pretty straightforward, right? Just believing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in our culture, a lot of people say they believe in God. You know, you talk to people on the street or anybody, they say, oh yeah, I believe in God. And I think, uh, I love this story. There was a man named Charles Blondin, and he was an acrobat in like the 1800s. And and he was doing a tightrope trick across Niagara Falls. He said it was like a, quart, a quarter mile long, about 160 feet high. And he'd do all kinds of stuff. I think he went across in a sack one time. One time he carried a guy. He, it just crazy stuff. And then uh, one day, he took a wheelbarrow across. And of course, there's a crowd gathering, and he gets across. And uh, all the people are excited, like, this is amazing. He asked, how many of you believe I can put a man in this wheelbarrow and go across? And of course, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we believe. And then he asked, okay, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> Which, of course, no one no one did. And I think that's what James talks about when he says, faith apart from works is dead. So you can say you believe in something, but you don't really believe if you're not doing it right. So just believing.
0: Um, another uh, scripture that's very familiar that everyone um, probably has heard is First John 1, 9. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And um, so it, it's a matter of believing that Jesus died for your sins, that he is the Son of God, confessing with your mouth that um, Jesus is the Lord, and believe that God raised him from the dead so that you can be saved. For we confess unto salvation and then we, we live it out, we believe unto righteousness. And um, as, so we, we don't see perfection on this side of, of heaven, but he has promised that in his perspective, he looks at us clothed in garments of righteousness. So we can know that if we have confessed and made him our Lord and believed in him, that we can be saved and we will absolutely go to heaven and then just borrowing the other scriptures that John mentioned and and just looking throughout the word and seeing the cohesiveness of scripture nowhere do we see that that Jesus um, is going to bring us into relationship and then uh, say no sorry uh, you didn't quite make the cut um, it's the believing and the confessing of our sins and he says that in my father's house there are many rooms if we're not so i would have told you i'm going there to prepare a place for you and if i go to prepare a place for you i will come back and i will take you to be with me so that where i am there you may also be and you know the way to the place that i'm going so he left us everything we know or everything we need to know how to how to be in heaven with him
1: yeah i think god encourages us to have an intimate relationship with him um, I'm always encouraged. My wife, uh, she, I'm encouraged by my wife. She has such an intimate relationship with the Lord, um, and I, th- I think it's like childlike, childlike faith. And, and, and um, you know, it's so, it's so funny watching my, watching my son and how childlike he is. You know, he's almost four now, but it, um, I think it'll be somewhat like that in heaven. You know, I mean, it's. Um, they're just so innocent you know i tell him he needs to put the rake in the barn the other day i'm locking the barn up and i'm saying no sammy you need to you need to put the rake up and he's like i need this rake you know he's like looking at me with such compassion you know and um i'm like what do you need the rake for he's like to rake stuff (laughs) and i'm like you know how innocent that is it's like I i think it'll somewhat be like that in heaven i think um you know, I'm not sure we'll be arguing with the Lord, but, you know, about Reagan, but uh, just the innocence. And I think God encourages, and He just wants that intimate relationship as our Father um, with us. And if we can, we can make an intimate relationship on earth, it'll be even more intimate in heaven. And I think that's all He asked, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. it's good. I, uh, my, you know, you guys have heard me share several times one of my favorite scriptures, if not my favorite uh, chapter of the Bible is Matthew 7. Many people come to me on that day and say, did we not prophesy? Did we not perform miracles? Did we not um, deliver demons? And Jesus says, plainly, I tell you, I never knew you. So there's the, I never knew you. He didn't say like, well, I knew you. Then we weren't friends anymore. It was like, I never knew you. I believe like that's a one time thing. Like not meaning like, oh, you get to know him and then you lose it. I think there's, I carefully say there's security that when you know him, it's almost as if it's going to last forever. It's, he doesn't say, I knew you once and then you left. I never knew you. So I believe that um, to get to heaven, yeah, we, we have First John 1, 9. We have Romans ten nine, But we also have to realize there's a knowing and an intimate relationship that's required. Because there will be churchy things. So there will be... Actually, how about this? There's going to be greater than churchy things. Because how often do we have prophetic words each Sunday? How often do we have demons being delivered on Sunday morning? How often do we have miracles happening on Sunday morning? So it's actually going to be greater than regular Sunday church things, greater than just raising our hands or greater than um, tithing. It's going to be powerful actions. And there's going to be people who come to Christ and say, but did we, but did we, but did we? And he's going to say, I never knew you. That's kind of scary, isn't it? We don't um, find our salvation in the things that we do. We find out our salvation in the word of God, meaning this. He says it's true that if we confess and we believe that he is the only way, that, that he is the way, right? And that he is the life. One way, one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. So um, as we live that way, that's where we can find it. There's one way. Not by how good you become, but you do need to possess the barrel. You need to be willing to live in the barrel. Not about how good you become, but who sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins. Amen? What I wanted to do is just give us an opportunity of response. It really, um, it really clicked with me about bringing heaven to earth. It really clicked with me about having um, rewards mindset or heaven mindset, right? Having a mindset of heaven within our lives. So what I wanted to do is, um, I'm gonna finish in prayer. But if you just wanna say, God, I, I, um, I want more of a mindset of heaven. God, I want, um, I want to be refreshed and renewed to go out and pursue forgiveness. Like in our right minds, why do we wanna hold on to grudges? We talked about forgiveness last week. Why do you wanna hold on to that? Why wouldn't you wanna pursue reconciliation? God, I wanna pursue reconciliation. It doesn't mean you need to be friends, right? Krista talked about that. It doesn't mean you need to allow that person into your heart to watch every football game with you or even ever talk to them again, but you need, you need, you need, you need to be willing to um, let that go to God, right? And I wanna share a quick story. I was thinking last week, um, I was spying in on you guys watching service. While I was watching, um, everyone was sharing stories. And um, one, of the, one of the things that I thought about is there was actually someone, um, a friend of mine once who had a meeting with me, and they looked me in the eye and they said, Joey, you have no gifts. You're not talented at anything. Well. And I said, I respectfully disagree because the Bible says something different. But you know what my flesh wanted to say? Let me show you how good I am at everything else that you're not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, But what I did is I decided, I said, I'm not gonna hold on to this. I'm not gonna let it stick to me. I'm gonna have a mindset of heaven. And I prayed for this person every day um, as the Lord led for several years. Well, I was at a wedding a couple um, years ago in Columbus and I get a text from this person. And they said, hey, Joey, I'm on my way to Columbus. I just passed Mechanicsburg. I was thinking about you. Do you have time to catch up? And I said, I'm actually in a meeting in Columbus, no way. And they said, well, I have to be out of there by like eight. And I can't leave this wedding to go have this meeting. So I said, if you can wait till nine, we can catch up. They couldn't catch up. But you know what I knew? Is my heart was pure and praying for this person. And that meeting, what was it about? It was about asking for forgiveness. Guess how much sleep I ever lost over this, these statements? I didn't. Because I set it free. And what I want us to do is today be willing to release forgiveness and reconciliation in our lives to release those things that we're holding on to and to bring heaven to earth. So if you want the ability and you want to tell God that you're willing to try to bring heaven to earth today, as I pray, just open up your hands. Amen? All right, let's do that. God, um, you know us so intimately. Um, you know the ways that we've even even sinned this morning help us um, help us bring heaven to earth in all ways God every way through reconciliation help us forgive help us say we're sorry help us value you God, pull back the veil of our eyes. Let us see. May we love you and may we love others greatly. Give us um, techniques. Give us um, words to say to people that we need to forgive. And help us set strong, appropriate boundaries. We love you. God, I pray for a miracle, just miracles um, across the room in the sense of forgiveness. Just your presence in your blood, um, miracles that people say, I never thought I could, but I did. God, you help me. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.